episode 16. Uh, dude, I don't know. These are always so backside. Look at the, I, I can rewatch the YouTube yep. videos. And I'm always looking. I just yep. always choke because yep. I never know what day it is. Episode May 23rd, 16. <laughs> May, 23rd. May 23rd. 5 p.m. Uh, 17 minutes, five pa- past 5 p.m. PST. Episode 17. I haven't even know. said the date yet. <laughs> All right. and, I'm, and, I, and I just skipped it. All right. Episode 16. Driveline Research and Drinks podcast. Filmed on May 23rd, Sunday. Saturday. 5 p.m. It's Saturday. It's sunny in Australia, baby. Uh, <laughs> it is. Saturday, uh, I'm Alex Caravan, your co-host, co-swag manager of baseball analytics. Just finished uh, some uh, personal life talk that I'm down to splice in if uh, if Brady's got the got the courage for it. Yeah. Um, but, maybe uh, yeah. maybe episode uh one sixty. One sixty? Or one hundred sixty. Oh dude, I, I don't even know what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a Otis oatmeal stout. What's oh, Otis? Baby. It's uh four peaks. Four peaks in, in Arizona has that oatmeal stout. You gonna hit some four peaks, uh Anthony? Uh damn dude, already giving away spicy segment. Just just you know, you're just giving it away right away. Um I'm Anthony yes. Brady, <laughs> Driveline Baseball, Biomechanist, uh, RD co-host, the Research and Podcast today, drinking Corona in a bottle. Kyle Lindley, Driveline R&D engineer, drinking a Elysian and Elysian Daglo IPA. Nice. Uh couple things first where's otis i don't know i've never heard of that before where's that brewery at and where'd you get it uh, eugene oregon i got it at met market hmm. where where my uh it just looked pretty fire tra- my extremely trendy girlfriend gave me a ride to extremely yesterday trendy. nice have you guys been uh since you guys are <laughs> west seattle yeah, i just i just i didn't know how to say anything it's, this is making it worse. Are, uh, you guys have been in West Seattle for a bit. Have you been to Thrickway? Uh, that's the one over by the junction, right? It's like down south. Yeah. Is that the one Max always goes to? No, I think you might be thinking of PCC. That's right. It's right next to me. We went once. It's like kind of like right. Sprouts or like Whole Foods or something. But mm. I thought it was in the name. I was like, oh, this is probably like in Arizona, there's Food City, like bargain grocery stores. And that's what I was assuming it was going to be. Works up. <laughs> Works up because uh, it's Thriftway, but turns out that's not the case. Not that they had the most, like the highest end wine that I've, that I've seen at a grocery store. And like, uh, qu- quick thing I wanted to just lead off with, since we mentioned, we all mentioned we're a co-host, uh, just wanted this for future feedback or not, not future feedback. It's kind of putting out there. I talked to my old business partner, Mikey. This last week, I talked to him for like an hour or so on the phone, showed him the podcast. Uh, and he he kept mentioning because he was asking, he's like, oh, that's the guy that uh, crashed over like at my place, right? Brady. He's like, yeah, yeah. Or, but, but before he was like, he like, he, he mentioned, he like specifically mentioned like, oh, that's like the host of the podcast. Like, well, we're all, we're all co-hosts. He's like, because nice. he saw the one, he saw the one where you're like, uh, why don't you go ahead and take 15 seconds to introduce yourself and, and say what you're doing. Nice. And I was like, no, 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 we're all co-hosts. He's like, 
no no but there's like one main host like no no there isn't dude yeah. there's three co-hosts for all <laughs> each episode i was getting so annoyed i'm 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 gonna run with that for so, however so, uh, i mean however long we do this i'm gonna introduce myself as the the host and then you guys so, can continue to introduce yourselves as co-hosts so thanks mikey that's huge um yeah i couldn't agree more well i was about to say why don't you go ahead and uh tell the viewers uh what exactly you do at you know besides lead biomechanist you know what do you what do you what do you do at driveline uh, do some biomechanics. Now stuff. Cameron's the host. He just took it over. Yeah, yeah. Cameron's yeah. the host. Now. It's like yeah, yeah. Fifteen seconds. <laughs> Got my. Oh, dude, Lindley. Uh, What's up? sent a sent a place to caravan the other day. Pretty fire. Pretty Is it in West Seattle still? Yeah, yeah. Just just up the road from us, where we are right now. Are you gonna send it to me too, or am I gonna have to imagine? Uh, I can send it to you, but you already you already <laughs> locked down down south, man. I mean that's true, but I mean our timelines are just very, very different. Uh, two boats. I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize you guys were um, two boats crossing in the night. I honestly didn't realize you guys were operating on. Or I'd forgotten you guys were operating on a different timeline. Like, I, like I know. I, I'm not saying like like I know. I was like extremely lazy. Like you guys would send back links, and I'd just be like, reply like eight hours later. Like, yeah, that looks fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, we we were in a bit of a kerfuffle too. There, or like our old place, Devin was subleasing everyone's uh, in informally from uh, from Brian, and we yeah. didn't tell the the apartment complex, and that's technically a breach of the lease. <laughs> so, and then it like we got into this oh, yeah. thing. We would never do that stuff. We, by the way. Yeah, we would never, and we should 100 percent knock <laughs> it into. Yeah, just yep. Keep going. Uh, anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, so they asked Devin. For his his like our old apartment complex asked Devin for his permission to to provide like lease information. We're like, oh no, they're not. They're gonna like figure out that Brian's yeah, yeah. not living there anymore, yeah. and then they're gonna tell our new potential landlord that we're not good tenants, and we just like we're tripping that we might not be able to uh, get into the place that we're currently in. But yeah. ended up okay. Yeah. So in that case, we would have had to find a place in like two days. <laughs> Also, as the uh, as the host of the podcast, um, was talking to San. You know, we talked about him on the last episode, pitch AI, all that stuff. He sent uh, sent some feedback. He was sent the podcast to their designer, and two minutes in, apparently, uh, she she responded with saying, "This is just a bunch of bros hanging out." Ha 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 ha. Which, like, the more the more that I've thought about it. And how kind of like these intros are like the longest uh, podcast intro ever, and we just like talk about nothing related to to, to research or, or drive on or and, baseball. And hopefully, slowly and progressively like getting longer and longer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like people people just tune in and they're like, "What? <laughs> this is like this is just like three dudes just, drive on, just like talking about stuff, drinking beers." But then, and then at the end of the episode, you know, we end it with like the most like complex like research related thing with like article review gotta you gotta let us uh i don't know get loosened up with each other get into that good with us um actually this this is this is speaking of and and after this we can get into it but i'm down this might be the best uh like you know random intro content stuff because i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you on air on air on podcast this could be dangerous I just don't know. This is like, extremely dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Just, just know before you ask it, like, whatever you ask, a couple of extra minutes of editing work on my end. First of all, first of all, Anthony, you're going to get mad at me. Move on, move on, move on. Anthony, you're going to get mad at me for, uh, for 
for giving it away in my Four Peaks comment when you have cactuses, cacti behind you. Cactuses are everywhere, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm Look, saying. This is almost a cactus <laughs> on my arm. It's a tree. Yeah. Plus, also, again, we are primarily our listeners. Shout out Spotify, Apple Podcasts are still, you know, they wouldn't have seen the seen the cacti. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I was providing some imagery. So, okay, okay go ahead. What, what do you got? What, what you... Aaron, as the as the host, Caravan, go ahead. Okay, I'll ask. I'll ask a. I'll ask... I was. Oh, man, I no, just got the host is main host. Main host, take it away, Lindley. The the host is spoken. Caravan, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm the host. So as the host, I'm going to update my last week in driveline. This is good. I'm actually super on board with this because I don't know what caravan was going to say or where it was going to go. And like, it's like a wave of anxiety crashed on me and then left. So keep going. I was going to sneak it in. I was going to sneak it in in a coded, in a coded segment. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to ask, and I'm only going to give it 10 seconds. I'm going to like within that 10 seconds, I'm going to ask, then get your response, then move on. But 22 minutes into the recording in case I need to edit this out. Gonna write that down. Go ahead. Oh, and, uh, no, first I want to hear Lindley's update. Okay. So last week I worked on studies again. Last I put week. together some figures. I last week is a full week this time. Week too, thirty-eight in quarantine. The, uh, yeah. Week three at the new house. Put together, put together some figures for the weighted ball amount study or the weighted ball study. So we're gonna try to get that pushed out uh, first. I think. Oh yeah. Good now. Um, you didn't respond to those, by the way. We were going back and forth. I was really excited about the end product, and then you just the the, the just end product didn't... is it's so fire. I'm I'm sorry for not responding. <laughs> I think like I was just, we were cool. talking back and forth, and then I, I don't remember what happened. I think it was like car stuff. Uh, like oh, yeah, I think yeah. I might have been like had like a couple phone calls, but no, they, they look car? they look really really good. <laughs> gotcha. No, that's what it is. That's the question was. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then, that would be the uh, tamest caravan things. question ever. Some uh, modus backend things. Finished a book, started a book, and uh, did some some requests. So the training floor sometimes hits our, the R&D department up with some questions. Which about books? I finished Blink. I was actually going to ask you. You read the Gladwell read books. Did you, no, I haven't did you read, read that. Did Malcolm you read Gladwell. Blink? Mm-hmm. Blink is good. Uh, I can't tell if I like it more than Outliers or not, but it was yeah. very good. I got it. I got through it quick because it was uh, pretty entertaining. Those are good. There's a good but, like reread section by section, you know, too. Like they're always like yeah. ones that I go back and and uh, rescope kind of a thing. Yeah, and we we can there's talk about these for a second because I was probably gonna put a put a posted base camp because for our listeners we have a like a a check in that asks asks people what they're reading, continuing education. I might not though because I'm kind of um, boycotting the book reviews in there um i have always looked at like this the whole thing like idea of thin slicing as a bad thing mm. because it's usually riddled with bias yep but this is the first book and the first like piece to kind of bring like talk about it in a positive light and talk about it for yeah yeah so that was pretty interesting i think that it's, you just have to like deliberately take away the bias mm-hmm and then your ability to provide a, like a thin slice, like uh, gut reaction, could be really valuable. Yeah. Um, so in like in the absence of a bunch of explicit information, you can still make really good uh, decisions and whatnot. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. What uh, what book did you start? What's a new one? I'm gonna start. Uh, Mark Andreessen put a book oh. list up about 
building in cities and things. And like, I listened to one of his podcasts and he, he like, he has really good perspective. Like on, architecture on or like building a business? No, just like why cities are valuable to like society. Oh, interesting. Um, and he, cause he had a, we need to build a blog that he wrote. So I, I read that, listened to his podcast. And the first, his first reading list that I uh, looked at was actually what got me into reading in the last couple of years. So mm. I'm going to read one of those. But the book that I actually started was Joan Vickers um, Perception and Cognition book about quiet eye wishes. Awesome. And uh, Joan Vickers, she does a lot of uh, show motor research and uh, she coined quiet eye. And she wrote this pretty awesome book. So, and I also have a kind of a summary document that I put together to have in the hitting department. So, do you remember the uh, what was the name of that book that Colin mentioned when we were driving Ooh, back? I have to it written Calgary? down. It was like the one about the the boat. Something about know? ships. Yeah, it was like uh, that guy like takes over like the worst ship in the fleet and he like turns mm-hmm. it into the best. It was like a navy thing. Remember the name of that? Turn the ship around. Turn the ship around. Is that what it was? Yep, Captain David. I might have to have to make, I I mean I uh I finished a book. It was actually one that I reread and also started a new one, but to be fair, the one that I finished it was just an audiobook and I During your drive to Anthony, give us your updates. Last week as the host. As the host of the Drive On Baseball Research and Drinks podcast. Last week I no, I was saying as the host, I was telling you to oh, do your updates. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. As the co-host, uh, last week I drove to Arizona. Um, almost, almost. I drove. Well, to Arizona, not to, not almost to Phoenix. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I did make it to. You did, did make, make it to Arizona, Arizona yeah. dude. Don't don't sell yourself short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I almost drove all the way to Phoenix. Uh, 21, 22, 23-ish hours, solo. In the car, fortunately, caravanning with uh, one of the other cars that made it down. And wait, you didn't stop? I thought you were going to stop in Salt Lake. I did. I stopped and stayed there, and then met up with uh, Medic and Langen in Salt Lake, and then we caravanned together the rest of the way for the last like eleven-ish to twelve hours from uh, Salt Lake Daisy. Um, it's pretty driving there between Salt Lake and, and Arizona. Oh yeah, Escalante going that route. So it's gorgeous. The desert's really nice. So wasn't wasn't uh that bad at all. One thing that was kind of weird though is like if you decide to go that route now, um, gonna like do your business in the cities because uh, all of like the connecting gas stations and stuff they're all closed down, like COVID and stuff. So like you can get gas, but you can't go like can't go to the bathroom anywhere, you know. So, but my car did not make it. Uh, broke down about an hour and a half outside Phoenix. Um, Ducks, your connecting rod, something. I don't know. R.I.P. Subaru. Dude, you should actually wait until I'm in person there too before buying a new car, just to keep the circuit live. Because I was there for your last car purchase. Not a bad idea. Not bad idea. Or I'll buy you a car as a gift and attempt to drive it over to Arizona, and, and we'll see if it breaks down as well. It, I mean, mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. You sell that shirt, you could have a pretty good down payment. Okay, uh, so 
I'm in Arizona. Right, well, 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 uh, going off that real quick before you go on to Arizona. Here, here's the here's the the. Twenty nine uh, minutes into the podcast, in case I need to edit this out. Go. All right. What you got in our future housing? Um, no. In our future housing no. living no. situation. No. I'm sorry, no, no, I'm sorry, no, 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 no. What? Go ahead, but no. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll be open to it. Okay. Go ahead. All right. The, there's the answer. No, go All ahead. Right, I do want away. you to ask it. I do want you to ask it. Go ahead. Which which you got? Which you got on on triple? Me, me, you, and Bellatrix in the same room. What's up? In the same room. Mm-hmm. Mm, can't do that. All right. Ten, 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 ten seconds in. All right. Take All it away right. on Arizona. I mean, house. You know, in the same house. Maybe. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. You got you. You it's said bunk you, beds. You we can't do triple bunk beds. A... It's not gonna work. It's like. Yeah, just lower bunk bed. Two people in the lower bunk bed. One person. Uh. uh or I mean, we'll switch. We'll switch. We've already done two in the top bunk. Hmm. That should be flexible. Is there no such thing as a triple bunk bed? I don't know. We might have to investigate that. We have to opposite. We're gonna need high ceilings. Just I'm open. I'm, o- I'm open to it. Like, hit me with a proposal. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> we have to make it worth my while. So. Dude, I thought we're gonna dude. buy you a car as a gift, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Still got to make it worth my while. I mean, <laughs> even po- even post the car purchase. That was a uh, that was basically my last week though. Drove down Friday and Saturday. Got here Sunday. We're all set up. You can tell by the cactus when they pointed out, as the as the host pointed out in my uh, in my back room. Um, yeah, we are we are halfway through our uh, fourteen day quarantine here so because we all traveled out of state right now it's me um spencer medic uh chris Langan, and max gordon we're all down here in arizona we got equipment and everything did you with say us. chris Langan's name so fast chris Langan. Langan. <laughs> Langan. Langan tots we're all down here um we have a facility in chandler that we're we're uh we're getting some space from them and we're going to be training athletes down here but right now we came down early uh, so that we could do a 14 day, like out of state, you know, self quarantine kind of a thing in case we picked up anything while traveling, you know, so we're all, uh, posted at the crib. I'm going to be here for another week, hopefully starting to train athletes June 1st. So I think actually today, Saturday, Mike put out like a letter from the CEO announcing it publicly and people are, you know, come down here do assessments, train, um, we're we're gonna be here for the short term. Uh, I definitely want to get back to Washington quickly, as the weather forecast for the the next week is 109 on Wednesday, and then like 110, 111 Thursday, Friday. And actually, I heard it was like raining pretty hard in Washington, but still, like I don't What's know, up, man. Dude? I, I think I, I think I missed the rain because I came back. I came back on Thursday. Really? I, I was in Vegas, uh, held yeah. my mom some stuff. But I came back on Thursday, and I think I I just missed the rain. I want to go hiking and camping so bad. Yeah, right now. I'm gonna go on a hike. A lot of the hikes are closed. Still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we thought they were. We thought, thought the, they were open. Thought and we were looking open. at it today. Yeah, I, we thought so, I mean, we could have been looking at the wrong thing, but we were gonna go to Marina tomorrow, and I don't think uh, I don't think it's open. Yeah, I think the national parks. Might be a little different, but I think the state parks, like if you want to go like Alpine Lakes Wilderness or something, if you want to do like Mount Sai, yeah. I think you can I think you can hit those right now. 
Uh, I think I'm going to do one with, with our with our future roommate Brady. Oh, nice, nice. N- next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hit me with uh, a couple of those so we can look them up. I, I'm not familiar with a bunch of the hikes around here because we're trying to look for one tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, for a, tomorrow. Yeah. If you guys are feeling if you guys are feeling real beast, I would I would hit a Minotaur Lake in Labyrinth Mountain. That one's a wild one. It's an Alpine Lakes one. Gorgeous right now. Yeah, but Arizona, we're going to be down here uh, at least for like a month for sure, maybe a little longer than that. Honestly, it, it all just kind of hinges on when our new facility is open and when we can start training athletes again in Washington. So basically just because of like the phase reopening that's going on in Washington, um, we can't train athletes up there in our new massive facility that the caravan hasn't been in and seen. But uh as soon as as soon as we can start training athletes there, I think we'll we'll be back, you know. But for the time being, if anyone out there uh wants to wants to train is in in Arizona, um June first. One last time, Caravan. Forks up. Let's go. <laughs> Forks up, Arizona. So yeah, the, honestly my most of my last week has just been on uh yeah, a lot of like Arizona logistics planning. Um yeah, that's, that's that's really been it. Yeah, and on my end, as a guest of the podcast, uh, I'll share what I was up to this last week. On my end, two kind of big projects that I'm wrapping up. Um, one of them, a large kind of like four split analysis that I've kind of teased in the past, but I thought might be interesting just kind of running through a quick uh, perspective on the way I approached it. So a lot of this stuff is written up. I'm putting it all together. I'm going to post it somewhere publicly internally but i'll run it by you guys to see if a if you know what you guys think and b just like any any other thoughts um but essentially i've matched force plate metrics to biomech metrics um we haven't done too much of the force plate in general force plate metrics in general so i've done like a quite a bit of work on intra force plate correlations so within the force plates like which ones because essentially there's like 30 or so derived metrics across like counter movement jumps, hop tests, squat mm-hmm. jumps, isometric mid-thigh pulls. Yeah, uh, yeah real gonna... quick, real quick, can we, the the force plates are separate from the mound. So these are like jump jump yeah, testing, yeah. used yeah, for yeah, jump yeah. testing. They're not like integrated yeah. with the- the, Yeah, yeah. they're separate, like kind of high performance strength KPIs that we yeah. take, that, that, we, that we like, you know, measure in addition to whatever pitching and hitting. It's like the um, movement screen or assessment yep, yep. on force plates. Yep. Yeah, so we linked it to, since in theory, in theory, everyone who's here for a couple of days should have a, you know, should go through mocap, should go through force plates. And then their programming will become more individualized after. Mm-hmm. But I looked at a lot of like within force plate metric uh, interactions linked to biomech stuff. Um, did a couple of mass correlations, but that's like, you know, X by N. So it's like a huge, huge matrix to kind of parse through. What I did is I used the body weight as almost the uh, default baseline, kind of, kind of like when you do like a classification problem, and you know if there's like one, if you're classifying people like people as hitters or pitchers, say, and most people are hitters, you've got to build like a better model than just like putting everyone as hitters, right? Right. Um. So, so like, so I used the body weight of each each athlete kind of as a baseline. Like, I only considered something as more. Uh, or I, as like worth noting if it actually outperformed the body weight correlation mm-hmm. and was above like a 0.3 as like the baseline for moderate correlation. Mm-hmm. 
just like I said, just kind of like an initial first level look at it. Um, I, I bucketed athletes in different uh, velo and efficiency buckets to look at differences in force plate means in, in that sense. And I looked at uh, just like building, just, just focusing on building different models on just predicting mocap velo from force plate metrics mm-hmm. to kind of map and like compare those models and see like which co because there's so much collinearity which happens when there's multiple variables all put together and some of them have some of them help explain the variation in others so mapping everything together and comparing models mm-hmm. kind of lets you know which uh you know which variables actually have like a significant coefficient in the model so that, that, that probably seems a little bit all over the place. It'll hopefully make more sense when I put it all together and post it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worked on that. And then the second part was sprucing up some, some like uh, pitching notes, pitching text notes for one of our clients, PBR. Mm-hmm. And actually that that's kind of linked to what I'll present for the research articles at the end of the podcast. But essentially I fleshed out what, uh, what Brady's infamously heard me describe to past uh, pitching trainers as like, you know, as a project where I had them, you know, if, if I, if I can replicate for one second for our vi- uh, visual, uh, for our visual watchers, just, uh, right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so that, that, that's enough of a hint to, to know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I fleshed that out with a couple more variables. So, oh, nice. um, quite, quite, a, quite a bit of work, but you know, I, I'm happy to say that it only took me uh, a day or two as opposed to, uh, a year or two, yeah. but anyways, uh, I'll, 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 I'll leave it at that loaded sentence. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. whatever, whatever next overlay is. Yeah. The, um, on the force plate stuff, I, th- I thought I had talked to you about this, but maybe not. I feel like it's pretty common that most like force plate related metrics are just like as a percentage of body weight kind of a thing. And I don't know if there's a ton of that are based on body weight. Right. So, but isn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be like bucketing in and of itself as opposed to like creating like groups of like body weights, just like take the force plate metrics as a percentage of the person's body weight. And then you weren't saying that you were, you were bucketing, right? You were just saying that like, uh, the body mass is like the lowest, anything is like the threshold. I thought you were doing like cluster body weight groups. No, no, I wasn't, I wasn't bucketing on body weight. I, I had more like, like, for example, if we're doing, if we're looking at, uh, you know, jump height on a counter movement jump, okay, is that like is that something that explains variation in in, in mound velo? Yeah. Sure, but is does it explain more variation in mound velo than body weight? You know what right. I mean? Because there's like a lot of there's a lot of like things that'll explain some variation. Yeah, but also that's just like okay, someone who's bigger and produces more force mm-hmm. is gonna throw harder. As a rule, that's true. Mm-hmm. So I want to know like where the differences are like if you yeah. control controlling for that person's like size then what actually matters as opposed to just like okay yeah, yeah a 200 pound college athlete throws harder like jumps higher and throws harder than like a 130 pound 15 year old kid you know yeah something like that yeah i wasn't i wasn't even thinking jump height actually i was mainly thinking of just um like if yeah, you were yeah. looking at like the z grf you know yeah just like taking that dividing it by body weight and reporting it as a percentage yeah and then looking yeah. at looking at that metric yeah also in general i just feel like uh 
without really seeing your analysis that is going to be pretty similar to anything we've done in the past with like functional movement screen stuff like i think it's going to be pretty hard to find like major significant correlations there between like discrete event related metrics in the the pitching motion that we see in the lab related to like discrete metrics on the on the force plate kind of a thing yeah i mean some of the ones some of the more interesting ones oh, honestly a lot of noise um, i would guess yeah some of the more interesting ones honestly were not to like i think i found a good few like pretty robust correlations to like like lead knee angular velo in a couple of cases like things like those that's like yeah. like kpis like biomech kpis that we care about mm-hmm. it's obviously there's a ton of biomech kpis that we yeah. collect but those would be um, like the only ones i would expect to yeah but a, a good example i guess a good example and i think this will make sense to both of you guys potentially not to any listeners or viewers but like a, a good example of what i meant with the body weight kind of like screen is a lot of the elbow forces like go up in proportion to you know the actual like mass of the pitcher and everything so like elbow medial oh. force elbow compression force those are going to have like pretty strong correlations with body weight right um and so like you know like if i was going to say like some sort of force plate kpi heavily correlated with elbow medial force i yeah. would want to i'm only going to keep it in mind really if it's like uh you know it's a stronger relationship than body weight or if it's not just like if it's not just based in the reason they correlated with it was because of the, the athlete's body weight. Yeah. It's also, it's also something that we could probably do. I don't know. You, you might already do this, but like I've been looking at some of the relationships between certain metrics and elbow force in the last couple of days. And like, that may be a good approach to say, like judging whether or not something like a, with some movement or some biomechanical position is going to affect or does affect elbow uh, load does it affect it more than velo or is it yeah. more correlated than velo? That would be a good approach because like a lot of these things, if you do find a relationship, it's like, yeah, but maybe the people in the sample are just throwing harder or moving faster. So yeah. like, that's also just going to be naturally the same as body mass. It's going to naturally be higher. Yeah. 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 And if you want to know the results right away, uh, just get hired by Trevon baseball between now and Monday and I will be posting the results internally. Good. All right. As the host of the podcast, I think we go into the next uh, segment here. Perfect segue. What Lindley was just talking about into many research investigations, specifically on the biomech end. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned in my quick update, we have a system where um, the trainers can reach out to R and D with certain questions. They're like, I think maybe this or this is something. This is something I've been hearing that I think we, we have the data to look into it, kind of prove or disprove it. We got the data. Um, or at least provide some evidence to whether or not it, it has uh, it holds weight. And uh, so a trainer hit me up about, uh, actually, Bill, uh, the, I don't, I don't know what his, what his title is, head of the pitching floor. Head of not the pitching just a trainer, bro. Assistant, assistant director. Assistant director AD of coach. Uh, pitching. Yeah, Coach, coach Bill. Bill. Um, first he hit me up about the relationship between how fast somebody is moving down the mound so we measure that as how fast somebody's center of gravity moves towards the plate from the pitching rubber Mm. and how that relates to elbow stress because apparently there's a a people 
there's a group of people in baseball or some people like assume that moving faster down the mound is going to cause more elbow load, so a higher valgus or varus torque. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm sure so, one of them, dude. Just settle on a term. Varus, I'm a big varus guy. Don't, don't waffle. I, there's, there's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I think me saying both is out of insecurity because I yeah. like varus and a lot of people, yeah. a lot of other people like valgus. Anyways, um, <laughs> Just be you, uh, man. Be you. Yo, just making you a better, better man, Lindley. Yeah, I don't That's say, right. I don't right. say hip shoulder separation anymore. What, what, do, what do you say, HSS? You say? It's torso, torso pelvis angle. Uh, interesting. I haven't heard you say I'm, that. I'm That's kidding. crazy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. I would never. <laughs> I, <was kidding. laughs> I would never, dude. Hey, yeah, you know, um, your, your torso pelvis angle here, you're just not getting, you're not getting enough. Well, it, people forget like, that hip shoulder like separation is just the same. If we end up doing relative uh, relative rotations of, of the torso mm-hmm. and pelvis, relative torso is just hip shoulder separation. Or local torso is just hips. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, like, if you really want to get, like, literal with hip shoulder separation, it just, like, doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah. anatomically. Because, yeah. like, yeah. You're, you're comparing, like, you know. Oh, dude, two, you don't have to make it personal. Two hip sockets, two shoulder to sockets. Like that, like it shouldn't even, it shouldn't be a hips and and shoulder thing. I mean, it doesn't matter yeah. in caravans end because he literally gets zero. Like whether it's, whether you call it X factor, <laughs> K angle, hip shoulder separation, like caravans got zero. So, hey, and I still throw sixty nine, baby. Let's go. Mod, the model breaker. Um. All right, back to it. Center of gravity, velocity, so how fast somebody's moving down the mountain, how it's related to elbow load. We found, mm-hmm. we have these like, I don't know, it was like 100, 100 sessions, uh, like 400, or no, no, 400 sessions and like 100 test retest uh, pairs in uh, da- our current database with our latest like biomechanic calculations. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty simple. Like at the beginning, it was just simple. Uh, comparing COG or the center of gravity velocity to the three metrics that we use for elbow load, which are one absolute varus uh, moment. Um, and then the second one is normalized varus moment. So we take the varus moment divided by height and weight. And then the third one is uh, efficiency or what we call efficiency. So how many units of velocity do you get per unit of uh, Normalized elbow, bearish moment. Dull eyes, brother. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I know. Brutal. Um, that was commitment right there. <laughs> what? Bearish moment. All in. Yeah. 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 All moment. in. Yeah. I, I thought I told, I called Caravan out because I thought one of the columns was wrong. And then because it was like just not in, not in on the same order of magnitude as what it usually is. And he's like, you're not looking at the normalized uh, column. And I was like, I was like, ah, wise <laughs> brother. Gotcha. Damn. And so at first there seemed to be, there did seem to be a relationship. So I like was broke it in. Between I like comps? Did a, what's that? Were those uh, between, between pitcher comps? Between session sessions. Or, or, so within? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like comparing... Oh, no, no, no. It was just all the throws, like, yeah, between pitchers. So all of the throws in our database mm-hmm. um, did, was the center of gravity velocity related to elbow load. And it did yeah. seem to, there did seem to have like a 
it was a significant significant relationship really so i broke it down a little bit more into yeah yeah so i broke it down a little bit more because it looked when i plotted the data it looked like there was a single group that was kind of affecting the way the correlation was calculating so broke it down into three buckets so the which, bottom third which middle third and top third all three of them or yeah uh all, no two of them and then the so the efficiency, efficiency no it. yeah okay that makes sense so I um, broke it down into three buckets, the bottom third of center gravity velocity, the middle third of center, gra center gravity velocity, and then the top third, and then compared, uh, and then found the means in those group. And that trend, those trends didn't seem to follow. So oh, okay. the top third and center gravity velocity didn't have um, a super, like a way greater uh, mean and elbow load than yeah. the, the middle. And so I broke it down and did scatter plots and correlations for each of those groups and found that the first group was correlated. The second two were not. So the, so the, the middle slowest? third and the top third. Yeah, the slowest one, there was a relationship between center of gravity, velocity, and elbow load. Okay. And then in that plot, there was one quote, or, and then I compared, I was like, okay, well, could this just be due to like the, the, the slowest throwers in our it's just like center of gravity velocity is just one of those things that's limiting somebody's velocity. Um, so yeah. the lack of velocity is leading to lower elbow load. Yeah. That makes sense. So in that case, it could be related. Yeah. And so I plotted um, center of gravity velocity to pitch velocity, and that was very related. And then I did pitch velocity exactly. to elbow moment in those and then found that those were both related so in one of those plots i saw that there was one group that was just super low velocity and it seemed to be a really linear linear trend so i looked at just that group and there was a strong correlation between center of gravity velocity and elbow load but when i removed them yep. the rest of the data set there was no relationship the r was like 0 0.0 maybe 0 0.01 or something yeah and that's so that, there was, that makes a lot of sense i think at least in my mind there was basically like a few youth athletes um, or in just like uh, slower throwing, like not as elite athletes in the data set that were creating uh, what seemed to be a significant relationship. And then when those were taken out, there was no relationship between how fast somebody moved down the mound and their elbow load. Yeah. So, um, and that's one of the reasons that we use the efficiency metric because since um, elbow load or since because the bearish moment is going to be so related to velocity, if we can, try to take velocity out of that measurement mm -hmm. by effectively normalizing to it. Yeah. Um, we can hopefully try to find like more uh, direct relationships between biomechanics and, uh, or like certain biomechanical factors and uh, how much somebody's loading their elbow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That was the first one. Then the second one was just like a, how variable are, pitchers mechanics so i looked through basically the most important ones that we use on our biomechanics report we looked through the sds of like um a bunch of like all like all the all the basically points of interest yeah yeah so within so i took uh i like listed the metrics that are important on our report basically and mm -hmm. i just did that kind of like picked them out from the report and the ones that i focus on most when i'm presenting a report to an athlete just because there's like there's two, a bunch already, and I asked. That's what I'm Caravan, saying. That, 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 that's why. That's why I asked. Yeah, there's a bunch already, and I like I asked Caravan if we have to adjust the alpha value on correlations because I thought at one point he said the correlation the correlation coefficient already like takes into account like um, 
like the number of comparing. I don't know. I just asked them, and they're like, because we do have to adjust the alpha value on that, it makes it really hard to find a relationship if we're comparing 25 yeah. variables, which is what I was doing. Um, but anyways, I took all those. I found the within session. So I didn't separate athletes, but I found the within session standard deviation of the metrics that I chose, the 25 metrics, and then compared, or, and then just like showed that those on scatter plots and found the median. Um, and I chose median instead of the mean because there was like a bunch that was really low, very, or really low variability. And then there was, I don't know, like 30 row or 30 sessions or something where uh, there, the variability was a bit higher and that yeah. would have heavily like changed the mean. So I chose median instead and it looked like the median was around like for most of the positional metrics, it was around like two degrees, like two degrees of standard deviation, which means that we can, if I'm, I'm going to try to interpret it or interpret that basically. Interpret it. Every like throw, interpret it. <laughs> uh, on every throw, we can expect this metric to change uh, or to deviate two degrees from the mean. Um, so which like. That's probably honestly like, eh, I was going to say that's going to be close to within like millimeter accuracy on some, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And it's like, I don't know, interpreting how much variability that is like in terms yeah. of like clinical significance yeah. is just like, it's, it's not a lot. But exactly, then yeah. I think on, um, like even if you remove just like the, hardware or like the like the capture and processing you know variants yeah the capture you know it's like you're you're like really, and if you really were to if you were to look point. at somebody that has this is what i told bill i was like if if you look at somebody that has uh 30 degrees of scap attraction yeah or like me. horizontal abduction versus 28 you're not going to yeah. be able to notice the difference yeah i mean also you have to think about the other uh variability that could be being introduced there is just frame rate like yeah, 240 frames per second right so you're talking especially like imagine if an event is tagged like the length of a frame different you know one to one yeah that's definitely on that. enough for a couple of degrees so and also in general like we don't we we have a very uh conservative filter we do not filter much um very like the the low low butterworth we do in the in the processing pipeline is, is very yeah so. <laughs> Yeah, so um, well, it, it is a high order. Or is it is a low order Butterworth? It's a high cutoff. So usually it's a low. Think, it's a low filter like with a high cutoff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we let We're a lot of data. We much. yeah, we let a lot of data through. <laughs> yeah. We do not filter that that aggressively. I think especially yeah. I would say relative that's to conservative things. though. What's up? Like I would say that's that's not that's not conservative. I don't know. I feel like if, if you were to say I liberally filter my data, then I would assume really? that they're filtering like, uh, aggressively. like drastically. Yeah, I don't know the yeah. word there. Is it, was it, should I have used uh, liberally? I don't know either. That's what, that's what kind of follows. I guess I should just said like, we don't aggressively filter. Because like, yeah. I, yeah. even in like, if you go to the visual 3D documentation on like the Butterworth uh, filter command stuff, like they set their cutoff at like six. Mm -hmm. and ours is like 20. So, yeah. But, yeah. So I, I just like plotted the those and found the median uh, standard deviation of each of the metrics just for like reference. And then I did uh, some relationships between variability of each metric. And then uh, he wanted to know uh, velo pitch velocity. And then I also did the three elbow load metrics. Um, yeah. And then, so I did the correlations for those. There was one like really big outlier that was just like a really high standard deviation that I took out um, because it was affecting affecting the correlations like way too much one 
and um so i found there were like three significant relationships it was lead knee velocity metrics variability in like lead knee velocity at ball release uh or lead knee extension velocity at ball release uh max lead knee extension velocity uh were both related to the elbow load yeah makes, and then um variability in stride length was related to velocity but the r's that were one's like, a little weird yeah those um the that r's were all like 0. 0.13 0.13 or something and this it was barely significant when i did not adjust for how many comparisons that i did when i when i adjusted for the 25 comparisons that i did for each of the metrics mm -hmm. and which is obviously going to affect it like a lot um uh, not, there was no significance, but then those those three that were significant, or the, I think there was well, four of them, uh, because the ones that were related to ver normalized various moment were also related to efficiency. So yeah. I plotted those just for like to look at the relationship on a scatter plot to see like, even though they're not significant after comparing from mul the multiple comparison, um, I plotted them anyways so that you could see what the relationship looked like, and it was uh, it was it just looked like pretty much pretty much noise. And there's just yeah. like um, maybe 10, 10 points that look like there might be a um, a relationship, which is pretty sub subjective. And yeah. uh, like my lack of experience with uh, that type of analysis probably like was a shortfall to to those or to like that comparison. But I yeah. think generally. It's safe to say that um, there's not a super big amount of variability between between pitches, mm -hmm. um, at least in the same environment, going with the same intent, same pitch, all yeah. that. And then uh, generally, it doesn't affect pitching mechanics as a whole. Yeah, um, you said R squared. R squared or R was point one three. R. Um, I, well, I was going to mention one thing that I think. I mean, I kind of obscurely mentioned it when I was talking about the force weight stuff, but when it comes to mass correlations, like since, yeah, if you're going to apply like some multiple comparisons adjustment, all the P values will have to be like very low to pass like a criteria when you do like, just cause it can easily increase like the number, number of tests. I, I do sometimes, um, I, I often think like it makes more sense to just compare like the effect size is a term for it. Yeah. Which is, which yeah, is yeah. like rather an exact P value the effect size would be like, which is what I mentioned for the force play stuff, like a, like 0.3 to 0.5 for, for correlation coefficient is like a moderate association. Mm -hmm. And then 0.5 on is like a, like a, you know, a heavy association. So like the, the, the pros to do an effect size, I mean, again, there's like a less of a scientific, uh, like, you know, it's not an IRB study. So you're not gonna be upheld to the same standards per se, but looking at it just from effect size, you don't have to worry about the sample size because the sample size also influences like the P value. And you can actually think about it in terms of rather than what, what are the chances that like this association is, uh, you know, si significant. It's more like how, like how large is this association, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's like the, it's like the same, it's like the same comparison between statistical significance and like clinical significance. Right. Like yeah. in the, I know in the PT, uh, world they have these like standard tests where it's like you have to score this much higher for it to be clinically significant yeah. and they like rate these tests based on those and i was actually going to ask you about uh i assume you use the i think it's cohen's 
like cones. Cones D. Cones D. Uh, yeah. Effect size. I actually reported that for the weighted ball yeah. metrics. No, I, I think it was amount position metrics because like it just gives you a little bit more insight into yeah. p value doesn't give you any any like uh, information about how big it is. Like if uh, the, the Cohen's the D magnitude, effect yeah. size isn't yeah. going to be super great with a two degree difference in means. Yeah. Um, I use Cohen's D for um for I think either yeah I think I might use it for the KBMG study. Because mm -hmm. in that case, the I was looking at like differences in EMG magnitude peaks, and oh, the yeah. variance was so high, or or something. I forget what what the reason was, but I was like, this, this doesn't make really doesn't really make too much sense. Like trying to try report in traditional like p value formats. So gotcha, gotcha. But Cohen's D does does take into account sample size like inherently, right? Because you it takes into account standard deviation or the variance. Yeah, the yeah, variance. yeah. Right, right. But but it doesn't like yeah, it doesn't like cut down the like variance to like a very low standard error. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I uh, did those two. That was, those were the requests. I, they're really fun too. I hadn't really done those type of, uh, that type Impressive. of work for the, yeah, for the for the training floor. And it was a, it was like a fun change of pace. Dude, I, I think you just hit a more stats heavy section than, than, I, than I've ever hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry if that got a little uh muddled down to the for the audience. No, so main point main points to take away are I think uh Varus, call it Varus rather than Valgus. Yep. Yep. Um and first moment. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a couple I had many thoughts while you went through those. The last one I had with the way it makes sense on the like knee extension angular velocity variance. Uh, just because like that, those metrics like correlate so well with velocity and like velocity, velocity and the loading metrics correlating well. And then like the knee angle velocity stuff, probably having a higher variance in harder throwers because the just like magnitude of it is so much higher, right? In terms of like yeah. knee extension angular velocity, like if your average is 400, a standard deviation of 50 at that end, um, yeah. yeah, relative yeah, relative point. to the value, right? So, did you do any like what's what's that called, caravan? We Coefficient were, of variation. But when you put it, we we were doing this with the tech validations. When you put it like relative as like a percentage relative to the the value of the, the metric, mean? kind of a thing. Oh, mean absolute percentage error. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, MAPE. Um, but that's when you're isn't that where you're comparing like means uh yeah that's like an accuracy you're analysis signals. but you're doing it also as like a percentage of of the value right because like you could have standard deviate like 50 degrees per second standard deviation at a yeah. 200 degree per second knee extension angular velocity is much different than 50 degrees per second standard deviation at 400 right yeah i probably like easier I did. to have more variance at higher velocities or or it's easier to have greater standard deviation at higher yeah. velocities. Yeah, saying. yeah, definitely. I, I created, a, like I did calculate coefficient of variation, which takes into account the mean value of the of the point yeah. of the metric. So I did have a data frame of that, but then I decided against using that for the main analysis, um, which like in hindsight, I probably should have for the, for the correlations, but... <laughs> Careful, what are you doing? But um, but you know, I, the reason I, ball. the reason I, I like decided against it was for the values that are around zero, 
Um, I'm trying to think of the ones uh, like like for trunk angle at foot plant, for example. Or even COG. For an, yeah, COG. Yeah, we're looking for really a value low. that's pretty low. And so the standard deviation is going to affect the coefficient of vari yeah. variation way more mm -hmm. than uh, like, I don't know, something that's usually in the in the ballpark of like 160 degrees, like, yep. like MBR or whatever. Yeah, I so. think that's what we were seeing in the like the tech validation stuff too. But that that makes sense. Like when you said leading extension of the that just like made sense there because like, yeah, as velocity increases, correlates with velocity, which correlates with uh, the, the the loading rates, those kind of things. The stride length one is yeah. weird. Um, I'm 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 not uh, I'm I'm a little confused on the, the stride length one. That one's interesting. But going back to the first, okay, the the first analysis that that you were doing. Um, I had a couple of thoughts uh, with with that. So first would be, and I think that we talked about this paper on the podcast at some point, like the within uh, correlations of velocity and um, oh, yeah, the, loading uh, rates yeah. being, being, uh, being, sorry guys, I'm getting blown up. I'm getting Slack messages like distracting me on the side. <laughs> um, You're getting blown up by dog. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, so the paper where the within pitcher correlations for like velocity and those loading rates were much stronger than like doing the between, you know, and like Caravan and I were talking about that, about how if we had like more data points at that within pitchers, like that would be the one that, that I would want to see or like COG velo. So like if you had, you know, say like four reports or a huge data set of people look at how relative to their own like COG velo changes and their loading rates as opposed to like across the whole like that would be the the analysis uh that, that I would want to on that yeah one. I decide uh, I mean you could even do decided... that just with like assessment to retest like one to one you know like, yeah definitely did, I, I eventually like percentage of COG velo changes and then percentage of loading rate changes yeah yeah like yeah that. definitely I talked to Caravan after this was done. I guess I sent him. Uh, I had him review it as the as the uh, stats guy. I hit him with my like synopsis of of what the mm -hmm. investigation like showed me, and he's like, "Yeah, I'd probably use the linear mix model to try and uh, tease out any any within subjects or like look at within subjects effects, mm -hmm. uh, which is definitely a limitation." But my reasoning of originally was that. Um, if I was to look at, I like test to retest, that makes sense. And that was, I just like, didn't uh, think about that as much. Like if we were looking at within subject, mm -hmm. like with, between the three throws, if higher COG VLO um, yeah. was going to be related to higher elbow, uh, the various moment. Yeah, that's, that's like, that's the one I'd want to see. Yeah. And then the other, uh, the other thought I had was, okay, so you, you clustered them into like three groups of COG VLO and we're looking at the correlations there and the lower group had the better correlation kind of a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that also makes sense. It is really interesting. And I think it's actually getting at, um, COG VLO being a, like, uh, um, like a threshold metric, you know, yeah, like, like, like at yeah. the low end, you just need like a little bit 
you know, and then as soon as you cross that threshold, then after that is like, flat. you know, like more isn't necessarily better, less isn't worse kind of a thing. But on the low end, that's where you have that like high relationship or, or correlation with uh, velocity. And that's what we were seeing in the metric audit too, was like yeah. COGV low across the board didn't necessarily like linearly correlate uh, with velocity. But in like the early portion, you know, it was kind of, it was like one of those threshold metrics. Uh, how how fast do you need to linearly be moving to like get a get a have enough to produce velocity? Yeah, I mentioned it a couple of times already with uh, like the, the outlying variables affecting correlation so so much. In that lower group, there was one data point that was like it seemed on trend, so that's why I didn't I didn't leave it. And like all my outlier analysis throughout this whole thing was pretty subjective. Like it was just like all right, that's just clearly clearly not. Um, like representative of the data set, but there was one that was like 1.5 meters per second down the mountain, which is a whole meter per, meter per second lower than what we usually shoot for with our athletes. Yeah. Um, so that was me. <laughs> so I think in like that could have been, uh, I probably should have looked at it to see how much that one was affecting the, yeah. the correlation itself. Um, but it's possible that was like a, a big part of it because if you're that deficient and you're not, you're, you're creating that little uh, velocity towards the plate, then like your, your ceiling for below is probably pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would really like to see the like within comparisons and to increase the sample size, you could actually do it on like a per pitch basis. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. I was going to ask you, Lindley, did you do it on, on a, on a per pitch or per subject? Oh, you did? Wait, you did? Yeah, I did. I did. I yeah, because I, I hit, just him, I hit him with all of the pitches. Yeah, I hit him with a per pitch DB. Damn, that's tight. Yeah, I, I assumed the whole time you were just doing it on, like, session. Like session yeah, that's, what I was telling him, that's what I was telling him. You could do, like, a linear mixed model. Yeah. Like, having the subject or the athlete throwing be the fixed effect. Yeah, I mean, if you already have the, the per pitch um, thing, like, all it would take would be three three tests for a guy to have, like, nine nine data points there of... of COGV lows and, and loading rates. So that's a, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the, I think the correlations in my mind for the loading rates made sense too. Uh, where it was like you were saying the two, like various moment and normalized various moment correlated and then efficiency not as much, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was the original reason that I was like, all right, well, yeah. then maybe velocity is like what's up here. Right. And that makes and, sense too, and, just because the COGV low being like a good correlate for, velocity in general and then again like velocity correlating with the loading rates and then like efficiency is the one that takes that out of the equation so that's where you're going to mm-hmm. like not not see it uh as, as quite the same and that one group of data points that i took out because it was like pretty separate from the rest of them they were all below like 60 miles an hour yeah so it's just like i mean this isn't representative of the athletes that we train yeah. uh, too much uh, on a regular basis anyway so yeah fire fire segment fire segment. yo by the way quick 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 uh uh q for you Brady. dude what's your setup looking like there because sometimes you're like w- like your your views your camera view is so blurry sometimes and then off your glasses yeah. everything looks like pretty mm-hmm. crazy you have crazy reflection off your glasses oh i think like <laughs> i just i don't have the light on in here you know and so like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. when you get close when you get close i can't see it but like when yeah. you're like when you're like a foot away it just looks crazy yeah, so I don't have a light on here, so I think my, like the camera is trying to like focus 
uh, bunch when I move. Also, I'm in I'm in standing desk mode, so I'm moving a lot. Uh, what's your setup? You're though? standing up. That's tight. Yeah, I'm standing up. Um, setup is I'm just in a room. I'm pretty sure this is a garage that got converted into a room for for Airbnb. Because your door's off the hinges, right? I don't even have a door. It doesn't. You know, dude, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going standing mode too. I'm going standing mode too. Might as well show off my shirt. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, so I th- I'm pretty sure it's like a converted garage into into a room. Um, there wasn't a door when we got here. Gordo Gordo built one out of a piece of plywood and some foam and some handles. Um, but yeah, I think it's just kind of like dark. And then I mean, I have like all my screens, which yeah, it's a good point. They're like very reflective of my glasses. Kind of like. I don't own a pair of sunglasses, and I've been out reading by the pool without sunglasses, but then wearing blue light glasses in the screens. There's definitely, like, sunlight, sunglasses would do much more for my eyes outside than these blue gla- blue light glasses do, right? Like, there's no way that there's the same returns there. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Yeah, but uh, it's pretty chill, pretty chill setup. Um hasn't gotten too hot yet. I think next week's going to be. How many monitors? What? Can't hear you too far away from your mic. I think you have to sit back down. How many monitors? Uh, just the, uh, I think I have like, I have three. <laughs> I got one in front of me, one to the side, and then my laptop. Take it away on the, on the D1 uh, so, baseball stuff. Actually, I think we like killed, uh, killed that second segment and um, – Quick, quick pitch. I'm open to tabling a D1 new baseball model until next week and doing it as a review because I, I was actually reading uh, it a bit more. And there's like, um, there's actually a 35 page report with this with a bunch of like pretty in depth uh, analysis that I think would be pretty interesting to to look at uh, next week. A quick, I'm down. quick little, podcast, quick little, uh, tomorrow. yeah, quick little a two, minute, post week. two minute uh, thing on it. It was just like, um, D1 baseball is pretty crazy right now. Transfer portal is, is popping. There's like a bunch of people in the transfer portal. Schools are starting to cancel programs, clean that up even more. Um, and yeah, I think there's going to be a scenario in the fall where there's people that don't, uh, have a place to play because like everyone got ability and the draft changing all of that. And then also what's going on bunch of power five coaches got together i think it looks like it's primarily led by with with michigan and they submitted a proposal for the 2022 season for a ball baseball season but yeah we we should talk about changing like the the mechanics of the schedule and things yeah it's i think it's more or less like a four to six week delay uh on things and then there's there's some changes the midwest with fall semester and spring semester, a lot of it's like financial and athlete that's academic and potential like injury things. But um, just like looking at it again, I actually want to read this whole whole report a little more, and we can, we can table it for uh, for next podcast because we got pretty we got pretty in depth there. Um, so I'm also down to a. Uh... Like still make it really clickbaity, like say like you know have that be the first thing in the title. New D one baseball, baseball model. Yeah, yeah D one baseball transfer, and to have us only talk about it for a minute or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we could hit it again the next week. 
Yeah. And not talk about uh, it because we'll no, get into some other update. D1 baseball model. Yeah, yeah. But for real. Yo, um, yo, how, how deep are we in, though? Should we also table the... Uh... <laughs> I think we're just... We're at like 57 minutes, I would think. Uh, we might be... We might be pe- Past an hour, an hour, an hour at this point. Um, but I do. I think that was a pretty fire discussion. Um, I mean, what do you think? You want to you want to table what makes a change? What what makes a good change up? That's the last topic yeah. of the night. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's table it. <laughs> okay, good. Because I definitely was not. I don't. I don't know if I was going to be able to. Uh, just like look at you from from this angle for the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, let's ta- let's let's do an unprecedented move and table two of yeah, like, yeah. three specific so un- un- Unprecedentedly, uh, didn't get to the last we're, we're two topics because we yo, talked yo, so much yo, about many yeah. research investigations and yeah. and we yeah. just you know. Hey, all for all the sponsors that we have, we can just use the extra space on the uh, on the overlay. Yeah. With the two segments we didn't get to yeah. for extra ads that we can we can add on there. So. Ooh. Uh, do, do you guys want to do, you guys want to try starting uh, like our own ads, like before we get sponsors. So like people will like see us doing ads for them. Like, do you guys have a company in mind that you want to do ads for? Dude, Ruben's I was. Bruce. I, Ruben's yeah, pretty we, good. We could just plug uh, beer. That's, that's kind of a good idea. It's on brand. Yeah. We got beer ads. Um, Honestly, I went through this whole Otis. So I got pretty smacked. Yeah. I, I drink the, but not, um, yeah, I'm I'm super down. I have a hookup uh, with Natty Light. No, you uh, don't. You actually? Yeah. His sister. My little sister, Maddie Light. She's like oh, a God, she was like a she was like a marketing rep. Uh, for and, 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 oh, she, oh, you're being serious. I'm dead Dude, serious. Dude, you literally changed her middle name. She almost got a, almost got a job with uh, Anheuser. Well, I, mean, I think she's. Oh, I have a key. I gotta I gotta show you guys something. Actually, she just did this thing, and it is it's really good. Uh, for like an application for this like marketing uh internship with with natty light but um yeah i'll send it to you there i mean i'm, I'm in on beer sponsorships that's what i'm saying I mean, i'm yeah, reaching out that's, that's when one of you guys think- go and you pick up a little hazy four pack for me if you want to talk to ruben say like hey i'm bringing that over dude we do this podcast we drink beer we talk about things and I think across like the only one that could rival it would maybe be Fremont, but Rubens has to have the most airtime on this podcast as far as beer goes, right? I think Fremont might have it, honestly. Yeah, because we had that we had that we, we had like we four weeks straight where where I was just drinking the six packs you were buying. Yeah, we just crushed lushes and and uh skycracking. Yeah. Yep. You're right. That's right. Dude, I am pumped uh for like probably like a month down the road when we can hit Matador. Happy hour nachos oh my God. and a lush IPA, baby. Dude. Yeah. No idea. I have had, uh, I've had Kane's, had Kane's first time, uh, like first night we got in and then, uh, let's go full regretty, baby. Last night, last night I, uh, I Uber eats, uh, Filiberto's. Carne asada cool. fries. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Easy's going well. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it. You guys good? Wrap, wrap the yeah, yeah. Works up, dude. Don't forget. Works up. That'll that'll do it for what'd you say, Caravan? Episode seventeen, recorded on Sunday. I think sixteen, dude. <laughs> it is it is sixteen. All right. I'm that'll still end. open for that uh seventeen episode seventeen tomorrow. Lindley, back did to you back. watch the last the last episode? Did not. All right. 
Why? Oh, no. I'm just saying there's the ending of it is pretty fire. So much so <laughs> that it might heat someone up and I don't know, make them make them perspire or little and they might have pointed it out on the podcast. Wait, that nice. was last one? I, I think that was two episodes ago. Might that not have been cut. One. I don't know. I don't remember which one it was. But well, the one the one about uh, me being sweaty was definitely on there, and I did see that. And that's where we'll end this one too, right there in the podcast with Linda being sweaty again. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> see you <boys. laughs>